Okay, today I have a history lesson for you about the history of hand washing and how it's probably not what you think it has been. The history of it, a brief history of it, the man who basically today is considered the grandfather of hand washing, how he was shamed, even fired for suggesting that doctors should wash their hands, and how it wasn't until even the 1980s that there was a foodborne illness outbreak in the United States that the CDC finally made a point of promoting hand washing and it started to become more widely accepted in all medical establishments as a standard. And what I'm calling this piece is how your mind makes you a slave. You are your own worst enemy. And I'm using hand washing as a historical example of showing you how backwards humans actually can be, how they can justify their own dogma, how they can ignore fact and nor reason, ignore critical thinking if it's inconvenient, and how this is a rampant sickness of the mind that comes easily to our species. These mind viruses and these bad ideas that take hold and that the media now perpetuates and promulgates and latches onto and uses for agenda, that politicians do the same thing, that people then social justice warriors and people virtue signal. And otherwise, we have an entire machine based on false narratives, bad science, cherry picked data, lack of common sense, lack of critical thinking, and it's all rooted in the faulty human mind. That's why I'm about personal responsibility, extreme ownership, self-reliance, and thinking for yourself and not being a sheep, not being a mind slave. And today's example is a perfect example of how all of these things come so naturally to our species and how that every step of the way, we think we're the smartest we've ever been just because we're further along the time scale. If we actually consider what it'll be like in 100 years and how the humans of 2100 will look back on the 2020s and will look at us as probably primitive cavemen, yet today we think we're so civilized and we know so much. So up until the mid-1900s, hand-washing and medical care was basically non-existent. The man who first issued the warning was ignored, shamed, and eventually fired. His name was Ignaz Samuelweiss, and I might be saying that wrong, a Hungarian doctor working in Vienna. He noticed a disparity in deaths between two maternity wards in the hospital. So he collected data from each ward. One was staffed by male doctors and medical students. The other was staffed by midwives. And he found that the male-staffed ward had a five times higher death rate for women that had just given birth from something known as purpural fever in the male-staffed maternity ward. The deaths were five times higher. So he theorized that maybe the dead bodies have something to do with it. They didn't understand germs at this time. They didn't understand that, you know, going to handle a dead body, not washing your hands, and then going to deliver babies is probably not a good idea. We're talking literally mid-1800s. And then even when he did this test, he did a test where he offered chlorine washing station and he forced the male ward to use it for a period of time as an experiment. And so they go along, whatever. The deaths plummeted overnight, instantly, in real time. He did an experiment, he got actual data, and he proved beyond a reasonable doubt that by washing your hands, you could reduce deaths. He didn't know why that was. They didn't understand germs at this point. It wasn't until Louis Pasteur came around with the theory of pasteurization, germ theory and all those things, that it was like pretty much understood that this is why this happens and this is why hand washing can help. So what happened in the hospital is, did they adopt the hand washing? No. In fact, because he wasn't very tactful and he didn't really try to convince them, he kind of berated and said, look at my data, et cetera. He probably went about it the wrong way, but they ignored him. They shamed him. And then eventually they fired him. The doctors didn't want to admit they would have something to do with this. They don't like the idea that, well, it's my hands. I handed all the cadaver and these women are dying basically because of me. That was too much for their ego to handle. And so they use a lot of bias, confirmation bias, et cetera, called them a phony, a loon, crazy, whatever. And then they went right back to their standard practices and the deaths went right back to the five times higher than the female word as they were. 
and they just went on with their lives like nothing happened. That crazy guy, he's crazy, whatever. Humans do this like masters. We are really good at lying to ourselves. We are really good at ignoring facts and data. And that's why I'm so compelled to talk about these ideas now as the world becomes more polarized and really just more crazy. Because some people that don't try to challenge their beliefs, that don't try to seek truth, that don't use critical thinking or common sense, these people are having a large effect on our society. They're grabbing up power, cancel culture. They're shaming people into compliance. Even if just disagreeing with the status quo is now a threat and you'll be attacked and people are cowering. They don't want to go on their devices. And I understand they don't want to go on their devices and get hate. It's not fun. Nobody wants it. They don't want people attacking them, issuing them death threats, whatever. This stuff happens. There's a lot of really crazy people out there and the internet has given voice to crazy people and it even accents craziness. The internet just tends to lead you down crazy rabbit holes where you're stuck in it and you don't even realize you're stuck in it. That's why I've had to speak up because it's gotten to the point where it's so crazy at this point that I just feel like it's my duty. It's my, my, it's my humanic duty. Humanic? I don't even know if that's a word, but it's my human duty to do something about this. I really empathize for the rest of society because a lot of people don't have the resources and the, 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 the ability to maybe leave the country and do these kind of crazy things so that if stuff really hits the fan, they're kind of stuck here. And that, like I have this tug and pull because I could see myself moving my family out of the country, you know, at least, at least part-time maybe. I'm conflicted because I feel like I shouldn't just leave and leave it to burn, right? And I don't, I mean, I'm not going to be able to change the crazy big things, but maybe I can have a small enough ripple effect and I can help bring enough awareness to enough people where they can protect themselves and prepare, maybe buy some crypto, you know, maybe just be more aware, make sure they have a passport, things like that. If I can do that for even a small group of people and then they have families, right? And maybe they'll, they, they pass on those ideas to someone else. We can all make a change this way. And then through pay, pay it for ripple effect type stuff, exponential growth, the way you can do through the internet, we can all make a change. So it's one of those things that I'm preparing for the worst, hoping for the best and trying to arm myself and others to really fight back against a lot of these bad ideas that are at the core of the divisive political polarized world we're living in today. And so this piece I'll put below wherever this video is, but it just shows you the ego and the stupidity of humans and how every step of the way we think we know so much. We think we can just get a vaccine and we can just manipulate this virus to do this and we can just stay home and it's going to solve everything. We don't know a fraction of what we think we know. In fact, we don't even know that the majority of things we don't know, we're oblivious to those things. We don't even know how much we don't know. And we don't know a lot. <laughs> the answer is question everything. Question everything. Socratic method. Find facts for yourself. Study history. Look at the dangers of burning books and banning movies and all those things and how that's basically step one to leading to communism or pure socialism or another freaking Holocaust or losing your rights and living in a police state or 1984 George Orwell's manifesting today. And people think that that won't happen mostly because they can't really go there. It's like their own death. Most people know that they're going to die, but they tuck it away in a little corner and they don't ever think about it. And so instead they distract themselves with media and entertainment and food and sex and all these things. And as a result, they live as Thoreau said, lives of, or Emerson said, lives of quiet desperation. The one thing that you could think about today and take away from this and maybe think about more often is in 2100 humans of 2100 are going to look back on humans of 2020 and they're going to laugh at us they're going to talk about those primitive 2020 basically they'll probably be calling us cavemen we'll be so primitive compared to what they're doing at the time 
They'll probably look back at the pandemic. They'll look back at all these different movements. They'll look back at the waves of social media outrage and all these things. They'll look back at our probably broken political system and they'll laugh. They'll laugh. Maybe they'll feel a little bit of pity for us. And hopefully they will have solved these problems. Like, I don't know, right? I'm guessing. Whether or not we even have 2100 because we blow the world up before then is a big F at this point. The call to action is don't stick your head in the sand. Don't silence or be silenced because people are going to try to shame you into compliance. Don't cower in front of the mob or people online that want to comment and cherry pick and do these things. That is how we move one step forward towards revolution, civil war, race war, whatever it is, World War III even. The more we cower, the more we try to silence and censor, the more people latch onto bad ideas and those bad ideas are not put through the ringer. They're not tested. They're not validated. They're not questioned. The more we do that, the more fragile our society becomes. Eventually, we'll have a society built on stilts, a glass house built on stilts. And the second any weather comes through or anybody throws a stone or anything comes through, it's going to crumble. So I do have hope. I am an optimist, but it requires more individuals taking action and standing up. It also requires as a dual prong approach, educating yourself. Learn about cryptocurrency. Learn about travel and international and places you could go, maybe safe countries, things like that. Maybe vacation there and have it as like a backup plan if you really start seeing stuff go awry and you want to maybe get out or whatever. Like these are all things that they can be hobbies. Hopefully you'll never use these skills ever in your lifetime. But if you do, you will survive and you'll be glad you did. Buying some hard assets like gold, buying cryptocurrency because the, because our banking system is a scam, basically. Not just buying consumer things because you want to impress people because you want likes on social media and then just otherwise ignoring the reality that the world we live in is very precarious and it can end like that. And the society we live in can end like that. And the democracy that we have today can end like that. Prepare yourself, arm yourself with knowledge, fight back against bad ideas. And then when things arise where you can make a difference, when you can educate somebody or help somebody or whatever, you'll be there and ready and willing. And that's how we're going to hopefully push back this wave of nonsense that is at this point taking over our country and crumbling it from the inside. Humans are dumb creatures. We lie to ourselves. In groups, it's known as the madness of groups. Books have been written about it. In groups, humans are even dumber. You can see it today. You can literally turn on the news and see it. And then finally, final note, politicians don't care about you or I. They care about the status quo. They care about getting reelected. They care about virtue signaling. They care about saying things people want to hear. And that's one of the reasons people don't like Trump because he just isn't really a politician. He doesn't play that game anymore. And so whether you like him or hate him, at least he's, I assume, kind of telling the truth or at least being kind of true to himself. I don't know how deep it goes or how honest he's being. I don't really pay that much attention to that. But we need less politicians and we need more honest, truthful people that focus on the reality that, yes, we have problems. Yes, we need solutions. Let's go there. Let's stop just yelling at each other. Politicians, especially career ones, they want power. They want control. They care about your, their citizens last, if at all. And there might be some good ones, but generally you see that people that go into politics want power. They we literally elect people that become career politicians when they're the last people that should be politicians representing the people. Topic for another day, I know. But, you know, today is just hand-washing as a way to show how stupid humans really can be and as a way to look back on our past, our recent past, not 5,000 years ago. We're talking literally not even to the 80s until handwashing became like a very, very big thing. And even today, the numbers are something like hundreds of thousands of people die every year in medical from the lack of medical handwashing by infections caught in hospitals. But nobody's talking about that, right? doesn't fit the narrative. It doesn't fit the agenda. It doesn't fit the, the certain political or media agenda, right? 